Welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging with host Wendy Jones. Wendy and her guests are here to help you answer all your questions about growing old. Now, here is Wendy. Hello, and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. I'm your host, Wendy Jones, and this program was designed to answer your questions about tomorrow, today. And we all have questions about our future. So each and every week, we have a guest in the studio to share knowledge, information with each and every one of our families. Our guest this week and our topic is something I'm very passionate about because I actually was in the industry for seven years and it's all about medications. So our topic is all about medications and there's so much to know about medications, how to take them, when to take them, what the contraindications or side effects are of medications. So we're going to be talking about that and more on this program. And our guest in the studio today is from a local hospital here Mm -hmm. in Michigan. But because she's a pharmacist, this information is really pertinent to everyone who's ever had to have medications or have anything to do with a pharmacy. So good morning, Christina. It's Christina Blazer. Good morning, Christina. Good morning. Thank you for being here today. I am so excited that you're with us. I do feel like I said good morning, but I should say good afternoon. (laughs) But it's all good. Yeah. So um, Christina is, you know, really hands on with her clients and her patients. And her, her, your title is transition of care as a pharmacist. So she really holds your hand from the inpatient hospital to the outpatient uh, pharmacy process. And we're blessed to have you because this is a very overwhelming time for people Mm -hmm. when they're in the hospital and they've all their medications got changed and now they're going into some new meds. So we have a lot of different topics we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. in regards to medications. Because I was in the industry, I'm a little bit dangerous because I know just (laughs) enough um, to have these questions. But honestly, listeners, you need to know that missed medications or taking medications incorrectly at the wrong dose could be a major cause of harm and may lead to hospitalization. Mm -hmm. And it is very common in seniors, isn't it, Christina, that the medications are taken incorrectly and it leads to them going to the hospital. Absolutely. 100%. It's almost scary that something as minor as just taking your meds every day can lead to that. But that's why you're here today. Yes. (laughs) See what we can prevent, huh? Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things I want to I want to kind of start with, if we can, is the difference between like an open and closed door pharmacy and mail order pharmacy. Because what I'm seeing is people are getting their meds wherever they can from all these different places. And my personal opinion, and you tell me and we can have this conversation, is they should probably be getting them all from one place so we know what medications. One pharmacist is kind of managing all of that care. But it's shocking to me how many insurance companies and all the different things that happen. And people are getting their meds from all different places. And and there's different doctors describing different meds. It's Mm -hmm. overwhelming. It's confusing for our seniors. So let's kind of walk through that process and just simplify that for people. Um, So open door pharmacies are what we think of when we see someone in their white coat behind the counter. There's a consultation sign. Um, That's going to be your independent pharmacies, which is maybe somebody local. Um, 
your CVSs, your Walgreens, your Rite Aids, any hospital that has an outpatient. Costco. They Costco. all have pharmacies. Yeah, correct. So there's someone available to you. Ideally, all of your medications, like you said, go through that one place so that they have this comprehensive list of what is what are they taking? What have they been taking? What are their allergies? What do we know about them? Maybe they've gotten to know you. Um, a new medication could counteract something else. It could have an interaction where you have to separate it from something. I mean, there's just, you could be on it already <laughs> from another place. Um, There's combination medications that muddle it up even further. If you're already taking something that has two components, let's not start the other one as well. So all of that is really hard to understand. But the bottom line is you have this pharmacist available to you to ask questions, to double check, to to talk to you, to help you understand things, to ask questions. Um, A closed door is going to take that element away. Closed so, door pharmacy, it's called. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to have your deliveries, um, your mail orders. Um, if you live in a facility that already gets things packaged and bubbled and put together right. for you, mm-hmm. and they're just delivered, you've lost the opportunity to um, speak to someone face-to-face, have things explained. Now, there is requirements, certain requirements by like Medicare or Medicaid. If you go to pick something up, it says, do you have any questions? They have to offer that to you. And you usually sign it and decline it because you don't know what it says. Um, But even on mail order, you should be able to call. So you still have that kind of a little bit. It's just that it's not as personal or as readily available. Well, and I love, and you bring up such a great point about the closed door pharmacy because closed door pharmacy, if you're in an assisted living, those medications are being delivered to the assisted living. The med tech is giving you the medications and you don't have an opportunity to ask questions at that point. Right. So if you're in that situation, closed door pharmacy, there probably is a person if you ask and say, hey, can I talk to the pharmacist at the pharmacy? I have some questions. Yes. Okay. And like you said, mail order, same thing. Yes. And a lot more people are using mail order now. Yes. So there's a lot of reasons why. It is convenient. You don't have to, if you have a hard time getting a ride somewhere, if you don't drive, um, if it's burdensome or expensive to get out of the house, or more commonly, it's mandated or suggested because it's cheaper. So if you have a prescription for, say, insulin, it may be within your insurance company that it's more expensive if you pick it up versus doing a 90-day mail order supply. So it might be less expensive through, say, OptumRx or one of your common mail orders, which is a wonderful service. It's just that if it's put it to you that way and you use it, it takes away the element of that really dealt, like important conversation you could be having with your pharmacist about mm-hmm. I said insulin, such a high alert medication, such a potentially, it is so life-saving, but potentially dangerous as well. So there's a lot of education that goes into insulin that I would just love for people to be able to have with that pharmacist one-on-one. And I would urge them to still call and have that. It's just that it's unfortunate that they're kind of forced to go with mail order and they lose the relationship and the interaction that I would want for them to have. Well, and you you bring up such a a great point, Christina, because my personal opinion, being in the industry as long as I have been, having a company, Next Steps for Seniors, who has calls come in every single day, my personal opinion when I talk to people about their medications is please 
take advantage of your pharmacist. Yes. Please, please, please. That consultation sign is up there for a reason. Yes. And it is there because you have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to ask questions about your medications. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, listeners, she brings up a great point about going to one place. So if you use, you know, CVS, for example, any retail pharmacy, I don't even care what it is. Please don't go to different retail pharmacies. Go Mm -hmm. to the same named pharmacy. So you're in the system. They have your history. And you mentioned allergies. I mean, there's people that are allergic to certain components of Mm -hmm. like amoxicillin, for example, I'm allergic to. So like I can't have something with penicillin and different things in it. So it's important to somebody to know that. Mm -hmm. And it might be tempting to use other places because... um, They'll send coupons out that say, oh, you get a $10 gift card for your grocery store if you switch a medication to our pharmacy, which is tempting. But it also facilitates and encourages this multiple pharmacy use thing. Um, and Which is not good. No, I mean, Especially no. not for seniors. There's and I, too many medications. Yes. And I, and I do see, I get it, $10 off of your grocery bill is huge. Um, saving yourself, you know, however much it is based on whatever they're offering is great. But I do really try to encourage as much as possible that one pharmacy use so that we can be there for you. I mean, we're very educated. We're very passionate. We go through a lot of schooling, um, but we also love what we do, and we can be very friendly. <laughs> you can, you are very friendly. Are you kidding me? And the other question I have is if, listeners, if you're listening right now and you're like, but I can't get to my retail pharmacy. I don't have a car. I don't drive anymore. Whatever it is, did you know that they have an app that you can actually get your meds delivered. Tell us about that. Yeah, so in this day and age, everybody offers a delivery service, it seems like. And um, one of the pros of this with medications and pharmacies, including some of the very well-known pharmacy brands, for example, CVS, which I myself (laughs) am a a customer of, um, if you use the app, you can choose delivery as your route. So it can be pay-ahead pickup. It can be um, just ordering your refills, or it can be delivery. Zero dollars, it's covered by your insurance, and it comes straight to you. And I was told DoorDash is actually doing this. It's one of the companies, yes. I think it's fantastic. So as long as you don't need it within like the same day, yes. if it's like a one to two day turnaround time, you can actually choose that on the app and have it delivered to your house. Yes, and it's my understanding and experience that they tell you the turnaround. So it will say delivery options and when they can have it to you by. Um, Now, it's important to keep in mind that you're eliminating that one-on-one interaction with your pharmacist again. Right. But... Yeah, but it's still important. Yes, very, so important. Very. Great service. Exactly. You're listening to Next Steps for Seniors. We will be back after this break to continue our conversations on aging. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Hi, I'm Wendy Jones, host of the new podcast, Next Steps for Seniors, where we focus on conversations about aging. So if you're exhausted for caring for a loved one, if you're finding it difficult to make decisions about hospice care, or maybe you're just worried about your future, not wanting to be a burden on your children, 
We will help you answer those and more tough questions about aging. Join me each and every week as we walk through answering your questions about tomorrow. You can grow old with the wisdom and planning to make your golden years easier on your loved ones. Every single week, our podcast, Next Steps for Seniors, will help you embrace this time in your life instead of be fearful of it. So be sure to tune in, learn more about resources and information to make your life easier as you age. Next Steps for Seniors podcast. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging with Wendy Jones. Have a question for Wendy or one of her guests? Drop an email to hello at nextstepsforseniors.com. That's hello at nextsteps4seniors.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Let's continue this conversation on aging. Our topic today, all about medications. And we have been having this discussion, thank goodness, with uh, Christina, because you are very knowledgeable on medications. You're very knowledgeable on seniors. I know you have a passion for that. And it's an important thing. Mm -hmm. So we talked about in the first segment how important it is to get all of your medications, if possible, from one location. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is you establish a relationship with the pharmacist. You can ask questions under the little consultation thing, and they know your allergies. They know everything you're on. Mm -hmm. They'll know your contraindications if there's something, some med that doesn't go with another med that you're on. And nowadays, sometimes we have so many different doctors that we need to have one spot that everything kind of summarizes into, right? So that was the takeaway from our first segment. And I think it's a very important one. In addition, if you don't have transportation, use the pharmacy app and you can actually get them delivered covered under insurance free of charge as you said. Yes. So love that. Love that if service. It's available to you. It's wonderful service. Yeah. So moving into this next segment, we're going to be talking about um what are the most popular medications that seniors take? So I guess that would be my first question for you Christina because it feels like there's a lot of people on like blood pressure medicine. So what would you say are the most popular types of medicines people are taking right now? Yeah, so the ones that I see the most in the populations I work with are going to be, as you mentioned, the blood pressure medications are big. Um, Diabetes is a very prevalent disease state through the population in general, but particularly with um, aging, with aging patients. So those diabetic medications, whether it be the ones that are in a pill form or some kind of an injectable or insulin, right? Um, Another one that's really, really common is your thyroid medications. Unfortunately, it's just an organ that tends to need a little help as we age, so that's really common. And things for sleep and anxiety and depression. 
huge in our senior populations. Um, so if I had to limit it down to the most common ones, that's what I would kind of bring it down to. And blood thinners, we'll throw those in there. Things like car- cardiac conditions or heart conditions um, that cause us to need to be on blood thinners or people who develop blood clots. It's common and they're pretty high risk. So I like to always make sure that they get a little focus when we're talking about meds with seniors as well. So one of the things that I've been kind of privy to just personally and professionally is there are a lot of side effects to some of the like blood pressure, cholesterol type medicines to all of them really. And we should be aware by reading that little insert that we get. Yes. So the inserts are great. They're nice to read, but I do again would urge people to talk to the pharmacist about it because the inserts to me tend to be like the end of a commercial. We hear it over and over, but we have no idea what they just said because you're not retaining it all. And how relevant is it to your life? So having that conversation is going to be like, what can I expect? That's what I like to ask people. Do you, Let's talk about what you can expect from this medication. How is it going to work? When is it going to work? And as far as side effects go, what are you going to experience? What one, which side effects can we prevent? How can we make them better? Mm-hmm. And how long will they last? Well, because some of them don't last forever. Right, right. And one of the things that came up in my, my family personally is my father was on a blood pressure medication. And he the second he got on it, he started coughing like a lot. Yes. He was probably on lisinopril if I had to guess. Okay. And all <laughs> I know is I said, you've got to go back to your doctor because it is not, something is not right. You yes. Ever since you started taking this med and yeah, they switched it to a different med. Yes. That is very common with that medication. So, so it's a common side effect. Yeah. And it's, it's a side effect that once it happens, it won't go away. That's one that isn't going to go away. If people start on certain blood pressure medications, like a very popular one that's called metoprolol or Lopressor, um, that one has a headache and feeling a little bit down for about two weeks. And I can talk them through that. We can talk about what it's going to feel like how we can make it better, and how long to expect it. If I'm not told how long it's going to last on day 10, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm going to feel like this forever. (laughs) But then it might be gone. You know, by day 14, that cough never going to go away. And he can never start it again because it will happen again. And right. But like you said, this other med, so for two after two weeks, you're yep. fine yeah. because your body's kind of going through a transition. Yes. Now, is it true that any medication you start, you usually need to take it for at least two weeks before it even starts working or not necessarily? Because, not necessarily. It depends okay. on what we're talking about, which is another reason it's really good to have that conversation. With your pharmacist. Yes. If you're starting on something like a very common blood thinner, Eliquis, that medication starts working immediately, pretty much right away. Um, when If you're talking about something else, like say something for mood to help with a depressed mood or... Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head right now, like allergy medications, right. a lot of those sorts of a th- sorts of things, things for acid reflux. When we think about our like omeprazole, also known as Prilosec, those kinds of things do take two weeks. It's really all in the mechanism or in other words, how the medication works. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to put it in a pretty little wrap paper. But it's <laughs> good to be thinking because I'll tell you when I talk to clients all the time, they're like, this is so weird. My dad is doing you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be like, 
Okay. First question I ask every time, have you, have they changed any medications recently? Yes. And this is just because of my pharmacy background, yeah, yeah. but you know, right away I go to medications because it's something you're doing every day that if you changed it, maybe it's affecting something else and you're yes. not even thinking about it. So one of the other questions I had for you, Christina, was in reference to how you take the medications, mm-hmm. because isn't it true? Some you should take in the morning, at night, food, Water. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sticky. I look at some of these patients who have lots of meds, and I'm like, oh my gosh, let's let's figure out the best plan of attack, right? Because you're right. Some medications need food in order to be absorbed. Some, you have to take in an empty stomach, or it won't be absorbed. Some, it doesn't matter, but if you don't take them with food, you're going to have a stomach ache. Um, some we put in the morning, because if we take them at night, they're going to keep you awake. They're going to cause anxiety. Like, it's just... That's, yet again, I hate to plug my profession over and over, but that conversation can be so helpful. And the way that I would always, always urge you to, um, the listeners to approach it is, what can I expect from this? How should That's I take- That's a great take, question. Oh, it's, it's the best. Like, what can I expect? And that answers everything. How fast is it going to work? When can I expect it to work? What kind of side effects am I going to expect? And for how long? What can I do to make them better? That question is just so- so important. I would urge them to use it. I really do. And and listeners, I think what I'm in my mind, what I really want to kind of drill down, so to speak, is you can have these conversations with your primary care physician, your PCP. Yes. That is a great conversation to have. However, mm-hmm. you only see your PCP, what, once every six months, yep. you know, whatever that is. So it would be a lot more conducive, effective, and easy and efficient to go to your CV or to your local retail pharmacy yes. where you get your meds mm-hmm. and stand in that little consultation line and have these questions answered by a pharmacist. Yes. And to piggyback on that, there's also opportunities that are, you know, different um, facilities, community centers. If they offer anything like that, that's another good place to be like, look at my meds. What can I do? Oh, yeah. The local, really, the local senior centers or community centers usually do like a brown bag day where you put all your meds into a into a brown bag, bring them, and, and you do one of these at the local center here, I, I think. Do. Bring Tell us tell us what that looks like. Actually, we only have two minutes left in this segment. Start telling <laughs> us and we'll talk about it in the next segment. Um, yeah. So a brown bag check, it's kind of a cute little name. All your meds go in one bag. They You can bring everything you have in a tablet holder, you know, one of those little pillboxes, and we can ID it and write them all down. You can bring them in all of their bottles, and we can make a comprehensive list. You can bring me a printout from your pharmacy. You can bring me whatever you keep in your wallet. You can bring a picture of it on your phone. It doesn't matter. Um, Whatever form the listeners have of every medication they take, we go through every single thing, over-the-counters, supplements, medications that are prescription, medications they take as needed. And get this huge thing together of, is there an indication for all of them? Is there any duplications? Is there any interactions we're worried about? Is there anything we're taking at the wrong time? How can we maximize this, that the patient benefits the absolute most, that their outcome is the best, and find any issues and help solve them? And and really, a big one is taking take are you taking this you know mm-hmm. before you eat yep are you taking this with water you know people are in a big habit of drinking coffee with their meds what's your thought on that it depends on the med right um okay yeah i, mean, I always tell them water just it is water is going to be the best and it's also the most pleasant <laughs> i'm just like please just take it with water like it's like taking an aspirin with a glass of wine like seriously yeah like water is the answer 
to me, to medications. Unless, of course, it says you must take with food, too. But getting in a habit of of taking them with orange juice or any kind of juice and coffee, to me, this is just me talking. (laughs) And and in general, you're totally right. There are interactions that can be introduced by foods and drinks. So water is by far your safest. By far the safest. And please talk to your pharmacist. Yes. That's my takeaway from this segment. We can remind you. (laughs) Please ask them, is this better in the morning? Is this better in the evening? You know, can I take it with my heart medication at the same time? Mm-hmm. or do I have to separate it? Yes. These are questions that are so critical and so important. And if you do it wrong, it could cause a problem in your body. Absolutely. You might have had a headache for the last month and you have no idea why. Right. And it could be because you're taking two meds together. Yep. So we're just encouraging to talk to your pharmacist. Very, very, very important. And also, oh, we got to go to break. Thank you for listening to Next Steps <laughs> for Seniors. We'll be back in just a moment. Birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Hi, I'm Wendy Jones, host of the new podcast, Next Steps for Seniors, where we focus on conversations about aging. So if you're exhausted for caring for a loved one, if you're finding it difficult to make decisions about hospice care, Or maybe you're just worried about your future, not wanting to be a burden on your children. We will help you answer those and more tough questions about aging. Join me each and every week as we walk through answering your questions about tomorrow. You can grow old with the wisdom and planning to make your golden years easier on your loved ones. Every single week, our podcast, Next Steps for Seniors, will help you embrace this time in your life instead of be fearful of it. So be sure to tune in, learn more about resources and information to make your life easier as you age. Next Steps for Seniors podcast. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging with Wendy Jones. Have a question for Wendy or one of her guests? Drop an email to hello at nextstepsforseniors.com. That's hello at nextsteps4seniors.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Let's continue this conversation on aging. Our topic today, all about medications. And man, it is just near and dear to my heart for multiple reasons. One, because I think I worked in the industry uh, for a while, but also because wrong dose, missing doses, wrong medication, contraindications. These are hot topics, especially with the senior population. And I am just really grateful to have the wealth of knowledge that you have, Christina, with us today because I, you need experts like pharmacists. And if there's one takeaway from the program so far in the first two segments is 
talk to your pharmacist. Yes. Your doctors are fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from that. I think it's an additional enhancement oh, to have absolutely. a conversation with your pharmacist because they know the medications inside and out, side effects, what to take together, what not to take, how it works, when it works. I mean, all that. We can't expect every doctor to know. Um, so let's move into some of the most popular we kind of talked about a little bit earlier in the program. Pain is a big thing with seniors. Yes. Sleeping is a big thing with seniors. Yes. Talk to us about some of those medications and what we should be looking for in that. Yeah. So um, one of the things I come across a lot is pain, sleep, and anxiety or depression. And a lot of those medications do their jobs very well, but they also unfortunately have some other effects that are not ideal for everyone, including aging population, right? So what is important to them is remaining independent. Maintaining their independence includes not falling, <laughs> um, being able to think clearly. That's how I think everyone wants to live their life day to day. Um, and so when you look at medications that are really popular for pain, you think of like your Norco, Tramadol, those kinds of medications. So they're in that opioid class that we've heard a lot about. Mm -hmm. um, they just make you dizzy. They can make you drowsy. They impair your ability to kind of think and see. Concentrate. Yeah, and mm -hmm. concentrate. And so what I try to urge is these non, what we call like non-farm, so non-medication ways that we non can- Non-pharmaceutical. Yes, <laughs> that we can incorporate. Or some of our non-opioid medications. You think about as long as there's no contraindications to like your Motrin's or ibuprofen, your Tylenol or acetaminophen, whatever name you want to go with. Um, some of your other like naproxen, aspirin, uh, those types of things are a lot less um, met. They don't, they affect your cognition and balance a lot less. For pain. When yes, you're talking for about pain. pain. You're better off using one of the over-the-counter meds that you just said <clears throat> versus the ones, what were the other two that like you mentioned? Opio like opioid yeah. kind of medications. So those are your Norcos and Oxycodones that absolutely have a place in care, 100%. But, but they're side effects. And you've yes. got to, if there's a way yes. not to take those and to take an over-the-counter like Tylenol, etc., Please take it. Is what or you're or your My lidocaine goodness. patches, things mm -hmm. that can work in other ways. At the bare minimum, it warrants a conversation. What other options are there for me? And give them a try and, and see how it goes. And go right back to that, what can I expect from this medication? Because a try can sometimes be a week, <laughs> not like a day. So sometimes we have to be realistic as well. And there's ways we can help with that. Ice, apply heat. Um, some of the oils work great. If you use like a peppermint oil or something that is what we call distractant. Love those. I use them for headaches all the I, time. I literally was just going to say, whenever I have a headache, yep. I get peppermint oil, just a dab on either side of my temple and at the base of my neck. Fantastic. Yep. Gone with it. And you just take a little quick sniff of it in your mm -hmm. nose and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm better. Yep. So you can call it a placebo all you want. It works for me. Same. <laughs> and, it, and it could work for you. Yes. Um, if there's an option, like you said, let's take some of these natural courses if there are options. Yes. I, I think at the bottom line, the takeaway really is at the bare minimum, it's worth a conversation um, to see if there's other options that might help you maintain 
whatever's important to you. If it's your balance, if it's your driving, if it's whatever. So if you are falling a lot, because this is a very common thing for seniors, what would be some of the medications that might cause falls? So the risk that they could look out for. Yeah. So the high risk medications that we look for, um, if somebody comes to me and I'll do an assessment that I call as like an age friendly, right? So that's what I'm looking at is going to be your pain medications, your anxiety medications are big. So if I'm looking at that, I'm looking at like my Xanax, um, maybe something like your cough or cold medications. We're coming into cold and flu season. Things like Benadryl or those quote antihistamines um, are another one that, that if, could cause falls. Yes. Really? So we just need to look at it. Is this dose appropriate? We, You have kidneys that only can do so much and sometimes your dose needs to be changed. Maybe it's seasonal and you only need to take it when you have this experience, you experience whatever your your symptom is, itchy eyes, watery eyes, whatever. We don't need it all the time. There's different ways we can approach it um, that we can go, what about Flonase? What about an, a nasal spray that's not an antihistamine tablet that we take and we just use it as we need it? What about saline spray? Let's but, try that let's, over something else because you might have falls exactly same thing with sleep you have a hard time sleeping let's like put the lid on benadryl right now it makes your fall risk higher it makes you groggy in the morning it makes you very sleepy if you try to get up and go to the bathroom have you thought about melatonin have you thought about sleepy time tea i mean it's just again a conversation that i think is so beneficial even if we can find one little thing that can make your quality of life better we will there is something about sleepy time tea, not going to lie. I, my best friend's husband does it, and he's like, I don't even know how I could sleep without it. So, yeah. and, and you get in a habit of doing things at certain times of the day. You know, it kind of decompresses you at night. Yes. Light a candle, mm-hmm. put on some aromatherapy, read a book, whatever it is that you do to calm yourself. Yeah. I can tell you this, watching TV before you get is go to bed is probably the number one thing you should not do. I know, but I'm so guilty on, of it. Or be on your phone. <laughs> yes. And then they wonder why they can't sleep. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I sleep fantastic, but I don't do those two things. Yes. So I'm just saying. Again, it's a conversation. So if listeners have any questions about what they're taking and any effects it might be having on them, take that list. Go to that pharmacist and be like, do you see anything on here that might be bad for me? Is this going to, is this a fall risk? Is this gonna, keeping me up at night? Yeah. Is this going to keep me awake at night? Is this going to impair my ability to think? Is is this why I feel so woozy? And we can see what we can recommend. Fantastic. I absolutely love it. Okay, let's move into just like taking, get, getting rid of medication. So yeah. let's say you have um, a whole thing of pills and you know that you only were supposed to take it for 30 days and you have 90 days. What do we do with the, with the extra meds? Yeah, Tell so us th- what's safe. Those, those meds can pile up, right? So... Um, well, what you don't do is keep an antibiotic and take it next time you self-diagnose yourself. <laughs> okay. There, there's that. <laughs> that, that does happen. Okay. Um, so if you have medications, there's a couple different options. If you ask your pharmacy, sometimes they'll have these, um, they're like envelopes that are self-take backs kind of that the DEA will let them, which the DEA is the drug enforcement. So they're the ones that come up with all the rules around all of these medications. 
So it's an envelope. You put your med in there. You seal it up. You put it in the mailbox, and it ships it away. Um, there's also programs called take-back days or take-back programs. So those would be available on the DEA's website, but also a good resource is going to be your local, probably sheriff's department, whatever the county is. They would probably be a better source than your local police department, although don't quote me on that. They could be an excellent resource because um, police are very involved in the take back process. It's just kind of a requirement of the DEA. So if you call them, they'll have these bug boxes, you bring your meds, they safely deactivate them and ship them off. Um, Your pharmacy might know about some of those take backs and they may host them themselves. Yeah. And the big thing is don't flush them down the toilet. Right. Okay. Yes. So So let's be smart. Yes. There are ways to deactivate medications. You could be polluting your water source. Having medications around with pets and kids can be a bad thing. Um, Having them in your car can be a bad thing. It can. Heat. Yeah. yeah, In the heat. I mean, so we always want to make sure we know about storage and about disposal. So storage, meaning where can I keep this medication? Disposal, meaning how do I get rid of it when I don't need it anymore? There's also medications that are are um, dangerous for certain people to touch. You know, some medications are safe for you, but if I'm pregnant, I can't touch it, not even like the powder. So just being aware, and again, a good resource would be your pharmacist. If you have a medication and you're like, what do I do with this? Next time you're shopping in Walgreens, even if it's not your pharmacist, (laughs) you can ask ask that pharmacist. How do we discard properly of this medication? Say, I have this bottle of blank. What can I do to get rid of it? And they can help you. I I just feel like it's really important to just to do it properly. Yes. And in seniors are on a lot of medications. I mean, what is the average number of meds that you've seen? I think it's like 10 or something. Um, I wish per- I had the exact exact statistics on it, but I want to say it's like 8 point something. I mean, it's it's, it's a an, lot. It's enough. Yes. It's it's hard to manage. It can be overwhelming. It's confusing. Yeah. It can definitely be overwhelming. Yes. As far as antibiotics, what is your recommendation on that if someone is on an antibiotic? So if you are on an antibiotic, the um, duration or length of time that they give you, meaning how many days do they want you on this therapy, is very intentional for how that medication works and what kind of an infection we're treating. Now, even if you feel better, you can't stop to, I can't urge you enough, like continue the whole round. Um, Otherwise, we're just kind of inviting resistance in. We don't want that bacteria, quote unquote, to get a taste of what that antibiotic does and then learn to mutate itself so that it no longer works. So important. Yes. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Next Steps for Seniors. We'll be back in just a moment. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Hi, I'm Wendy Jones, host of the new podcast, Next Steps for Seniors, where we focus on conversations about aging. So if you're exhausted for caring for a loved one, if you're finding it difficult to make decisions about hospice care, Or maybe you're just worried about your future, not wanting to be a burden on your children. We will help you answer those and more tough questions about aging. Join me each and every week as we walk through answering your questions about tomorrow. You can grow old with the wisdom and planning to make your golden years easier on your loved ones. 
Every single week, our podcast, Next Steps for Seniors, will help you embrace this time in your life instead of be fearful of it. So be sure to tune in, learn more about resources and information to make your life easier as you age. Next Steps for Seniors podcast. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging with Wendy Jones. Have a question for Wendy or one of her guests? Drop an email to hello at nextstepsforseniors.com. That's hello at nextsteps4seniors.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. And as you all know, our topic today is all about medications. And we are talking all about medications. And I think one of the most um, common things that we've talked about in the last three segments is the falls, medications that cause falls. So if if there's a listener right now who is falling on a regular basis and you're wondering if it could be something to do with a medication, tell us what, what you think they should do about that. Sure. So um, this is one of my passionate, um, one of my passion, my passions here is preventing falls. So um, if you have a worry, a concern or a history of falls, I would absolutely look first at what you're consuming medication wise. So a good place to start might be with your primary care physician as well, so that they're looking over everything and they can be a great resource. But like you mentioned earlier, that's like a once a year, every six months kind of a situation. So the pharmacist that you use would be wonderful tool. Make sure that they have your full list of medications, including supplements, diet, you know, any kind of um, dietary supplement things you're taking, over-the-counter stuff, even if it's just as needed. Um, And they can take a look at that for you. Now, if there's a substitution we can make, uh, oftentimes it will require us calling your physician. So we don't ever want to do things on our own. If there's a medication that a pharmacist points out to a listener that they say, this one here might be causing you could be potentially causing you to have falls. Um, Then you would talk to your doctor and have them help you find an alternative or come off of it or tell you when you can stop it. And that's not something we want to do on our own. I just want to make sure listeners understand that because it's very important. But there are opportunities. So sometimes the feedback I get from patients is, well, I don't want to stop taking it. I, I have like, this pain is debilitating. I still volunteer or work. I still have grandkids that I watch. I need to be able to, you know, move and do these things things pain-free. And to that, I say, absolutely, because what's important to you is important to me. It should be important to us. So we just have a conversation about, then let's see what we can do, because the smallest change can have the biggest impact. So if it's, let's try to draw that dose of pain medication out from every eight hours to every 12, or from every six to every eight. And how do we do that? 
Well, let's talk about other ways that we can maybe get some pain relief. I've mentioned lidocaine patches, different rubs that are cooling, um, different exercises. You can talk to your doctor or if you have insurance that covers like different physical therapy or the gym programs that are around are so amazing and they have really great resources, especially for seniors. Um, We can work on strengthening, stretching, um, icing, using heat. I just like to talk about ways that we can de-prescribe a little bit. And that would entail looking at what you're willing to do. And then I or your pharmacist or you have the conversation with your doctor about what you would like to do or about what the pharmacist would like to recommend and see where we can go from there. And and you've seen pharmacists talk to physicians too, I'm sure. Oh, yes. So you could go to your pharmacist and say, what do you think? Yes. They would give you a professional opinion based Mm -hmm. upon a pharmacist and then recommend that you talk to your doctor. And then your doctor might say, you know what, I'm going to talk to that pharmacist or vice versa and have a conversation and say, you know what, we can decrease the dose or decrease the number of times you're taking this or whatever it might be because of the falls. Yes. And maybe no one was just paying attention to it. Or clear mind or whatever it is we're trying to achieve. Yes, absolutely. But I think the takeaway is don't settle for I'm in pain or I have a foggy brain and I don't know why mm-hmm. or right or I keep falling and I don't know why chances are high yes. it could be medication if you related. take a lot of medications then yes Yes. And um, I write it down for my patients because if they want me to reach out to their doctor, I will. I will leave a message with the nurse. I will write it down. I will fax it. Um, It may not always be available to pharmacists to have that kind of connection. I do have a unique situation being in the hospital that I have a lot of physicians available to me, but I will just write it down so that whoever I'm talking to, it could be in one of my community centers that I work at. I'm just writing down, this is what I've noticed. This is a conversation we've had. He said he's open to this option. And I write down what my recommendation is. And I say, here, you can just take my writing to your doctor, prompt that conversation and see what minor but important changes we might be able to make. I love it. I love it. Can you share with our listeners what the beers list is? Yeah, so the beers list is a list that's been around for quite a long time, actually. And it's um, basically like a compilation of medications that have been deemed high risk for um, patients of, of a certain age. So when you look at, they look at about, you know, everyone over the age of 65, and then they put them into a category of should be avoided, use with caution, or safe. And it's it's a very long list. Um, I do think it has benefit. It's just very, very long. Right. And I think, you know, just my limited, like I said before, time in the pharmacy industry, one of the drugs that I'm just going to throw out that I know is not great for seniors, I believe, is Heldol, depending on how it's used. So... I just want to throw that out there. It's on the beers list as a caution medication. So I just wanted to make the listeners aware that there is a a master list, so to Mm -hmm. speak, and it's called the beers list. And, you know, if someone prescribes you something, you now can say, is that on the beers list? Is that safe for seniors? Yes. And, And that's, again, the same kind of thing I came back to when I'm talking about, like, other pain medications and stuff. Heldol is used primarily for like anxiety and agitation. Um, But there are alternatives. And there is a really good discussion to be had about medications we can use that are a lot less high risk, that are maybe 
consistently taken to prevent anxiety. And then if you need something as needed to help you in between, we we have that same conversation. How can we stretch it out? How can right. we decrease that dose? How can we keep this at a minimum? And it's worth saying as well that this isn't a one and done. This can be reevaluated every year. Look at what you're taking. Right. Be aware all the time of what you're taking and why. Things changed. Your taste buds have changed how often your whole life, right? Quite a bit. Your, your need for medications will too. So if you've been on something forever, it doesn't necessarily mean it still needs to be at that dose and that frequency or how many times a day you take it. So just every once in a while, it's good to show somebody, hey, look at this. You know, take a look Medication at these Medication review. Yes. And do a full review and see, is this still, what's important to me now? What's in, where, what does my life look like? What's my health history look like? What's changed? And, and it's so important because we can find errors or things that don't need to be there anymore. Errors meaning drug interactions, where, ways we're taking things. It's just a great conversation to have. So who could do a medication review? Could a pharmacist do that or is it mostly the physicians? So um, pharmacists can. They're available. It's hard because it's very lengthy. I know. So I would call the insurance company because there is a lot covered through Medicare and Medicaid, and they're called comprehensive medication reviews. And if your pharmacy participates in that, they can complete that. And it's a set aside time, and it is actually reimbursed for the pharmacy. So there's incentive to do it, and the time is covered financially, I guess you could say. There's also a lot of great programs with like pharmacy students. <laughs> so if you are um, if you have a relationship with a hospital that has pharmacy students or a pharmacy school nearby, you could reach out to them. They have activities. I know we host events at our farmer's market. I mean, even Locally in your, here, yes, yes, in Michigan. With your community, maybe just reaching out to your chamber of commerce. I do know that we have uh, home health care companies that do offer medication reviews also. So I think that would be another great option. Uh, we have a couple minutes left in today's show. And I like to give you a couple things at the end of every program. Number one is a tip. And my tip for today is to get in a routine of when you take your medications. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's in the morning, as soon as you brush your teeth, I do you that. go take your medications. <laughs> yeah. If it's in the evening, you know, as soon as you have your dinner and, or your dessert and you've done something for a half hour, clean the table, wash the dishes, then take your medications. Yep. Just get in a habit. It is extremely important and to really pay attention to when you're taking them and what you're taking them with. And please, let's focus on the water. Okay, that's my tip of the day. Also, you can contact us with any questions you would like us to air, just like we're going to do this Q&A right now, at hello at next, N-E-X-T, steps, S-T-E-P-S, the number four, seniors.com. Email us any questions you have, again, at hello at nextsteps4seniors.com, and we will be sure to put those on the uh, future programs. So one of the questions we have right now that I would like to have you answer is, what if you have questions about your meds in regards to mail order? How do you get those answered? 
Yes. So I love that we're coming back to this because this is such a used um, service and, it, and it's great. But as we mentioned before, you don't have that pharmacist available to you. However, on your pill bottles where it says it has to have the pharmacy information. So whatever mail order you're using has the same thing going on in their building that you see when you're at CVS. There's technicians and people preparing your medication. There's pharmacists reviewing your orders and doing the final stamp on that medication once it's been counted and sorted and put in a bottle and labeled and all that good stuff. So they're available. The number that you have available on your pill bottle, on your prescription, um, like pamphlet that comes with it in the bag, call if it's a 1-800 number, 1-888, whatever it might be, call that number and it there will be a pharmacist available. You do have them available to speak with. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. Great information. I love everything we talked about today. Thank you for tuning into Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging, where we walk you through those next steps. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Next Steps for Seniors, Conversations on Aging. Be sure to tune in next week for another enlightening and empowering conversation.